Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 72nd episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. I'm super excited to catch up with a good friend of mine, Ryan Christofferson, play-by-play broadcaster for the Chillicothe Mudcats of the Mink League in Chillicothe, Missouri. Ryan also worked for Pitch FX, and he worked in the Beloit Snappers press box as an official scorer and stat stringer, and he has been the play-by-play broadcaster for University of Chicago men's and women's basketball. Just want to remind everybody to make sure to go back and listen through the catalog. There's 71 other great episodes with amazing people that work in minor league baseball with so many different backgrounds and stories. There's something for everybody back there. The easiest way to get a shout out on the podcast, folks, that is to drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. I know people listen on varying platforms such as Spotify and that kind of stuff, but please take the time to drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. And of course, make sure to follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N for all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tart Podcast. With that being said, let's catch up with Ryan Christofferson. Ryan, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. How's everything going so far in Chillicothe? It's going great, man. I, I'm living a, a, a dream uh, in terms of being able to broadcast baseball consistently as a voice of a baseball team for the summer. It's something yeah. that I've been uh, pursuing now for a couple of years in terms of broadcasting, and this is obviously... One of the biggest ways for a broadcaster to get experience, get reps, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and get their name out there is to to do it consistently and to do it uh, specifically in baseball where there's so many opportunities. So uh, it's it's been an awesome experience so far. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, so you started off your career in sports as a pitch FX operator um, sitting literally two feet to the left of me in the boy snappers press box Ooh, and you just put on the boy snappers hat love that how did that experience make you want to continue working in sports and in baseball especially yeah well i'll even start a little bit earlier in terms of getting there to beloit uh because i was kind of lost in terms of what i wanted to do you know that whole thing sure uh early 20s and and you just you want to do something that's fun and exciting or that, that excites you and, and that interests you. And, Mm -hmm. and I was just, uh, yeah, I was pretty lost and, uh, I was, you know, looking and my, my dad was helping me too. He's been such a big help throughout this, my whole life, but especially through this, um, support of this career. And we came across, uh, a, First of all, uh, the official scorer listing that Beloit had. Okay. Um, and we had looked at Beloit before. We're like, oh, they're really interesting. I'd only been to like maybe two games before. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, they're kind of a small, smallish organization. And like there could be opportunity there. Right. And, you know, to try to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I applied for that. I met with you. I, I came in... Uh, limping i had like a really bad sprained ankle and it was like snowing outside i remember it very clearly i met you it went great like you were super cool i was really excited and and weirdly enough like a week later i see another posting 
and it was about the pitch FX job, pitch tracking job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a second, okay, this is in Beloit too. I applied for that. I talked to you about it. You're just like, yeah, you could do both. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great. Yeah. So <laughs> I got that job, and they were like super pumped to have somebody in Beloit. Yeah. They were having a hard time finding somebody who could do could do that job and lived close to Beloit. I was right. living in Madison, Wisconsin at the time, so I was like an hour away, but I was like totally like all in on this already. Yeah. So it's an easy drive. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, you know. I yeah. Mean, uh and doing something that I was so passionate about and that I loved and enjoyed going to the ballpark, you know, it was all the home games of course. Not yeah. There was no uh, extra traveling. So mm-hmm. um so like I just like it just came together really quick and uh, I was like I was finally like excited about something that and then it turns out like I actually was good at it and mm-hmm. like um, I ended up being um, rookie of the year for pitch FX that Ooh. 2016 season um, nice. with like hardly making any mistakes in like the audit process and all that stuff uh, shout out to Dave Gordon Ooh, uh, yep. who taught us who taught me and, and is a good friend of ours mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I mean that's that's how it got started so that's that's an easy way to kind of get to where your question was going was yeah. to continue from Beloit so I got into a few more jobs you mentioned stat stringing in the, in the, in the intro um, I, I wrote for the team for Athletics Farm, mm-hmm. uh, which so I was their Beloit beat reporter or whatever um, for 2017, and that was really fun. I got to interview players, which gave me my first experience doing that. Mm. Uh, writing about the team, like game recaps. I wasn't really doing game stories, but um, another shout out to uh, Bradley Starr, oh a yeah, friend of ours. Yeah, I want to shout out any any people I remember during that time. That was that was great, but yeah. Um, I was just doing so many different things and it was awesome. And I was, I was just trying all these different stuff. And, uh, but eventually I found that I wasn't going to be able to advance any further without any more training and experience Mm -hmm. with other things. So as great as those two summers were and as awesome an experience as that was, I needed to go to some sort of school or find something else that could I could take it to the next level because I, I had hit kind of the the ceiling right what I could do there right and so uh in the early part of the 2017 season I um found uh the Illinois Media School uh which has a campus in Chicago and then in the suburbs nice. and, of Chicago and, and then uh, they had a, a radio and tv broadcasting program uh, and I basically planned like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go there and went through the process and everything. I eventually decided I was going to move to Chicago, nice. um, where my sister was living at the time. She really recruited me to go there mm. and see what, what Chicago is all about. I'm a Chicago sports fan. So I mean, easy in terms of my sports teams, right. uh, affiliations, but, uh, uh, different in terms of it's, it's a, it's a bigger much city. Bigger city. I, mean, yeah. I lived in Madison, Wisconsin. That's still you know, good size city, but right. Chicago's a little different. Sure. So, <laughs> uh, long story short, that I know I've been talking a lot, but <laughs> no, you're good, dude. Uh, but to, to answer the, the question finally is, uh, yeah, it's just I went to that media school to um, further enhance what I had done with Beloit, and I feel like I've I've been doing that and just kind of taking the steps. There's not one path to where somebody wants to go, but I think uh, the path I'm on is pretty cool i'm pretty happy with it so yeah that's awesome man i i (laughs) vaguely remember you asking me towards the end of one season like hey like i really want to work in sports full time what would be the best way for me to go about that and and then we started talking about like okay well what do you want to do do you want to do you know more of like what I did as far as like media relations and like marketing went, or if you wanted to go more into the play by play route. And I think at the time you told me play by play and, and I kind of told you like, honestly, dude, you just need to find someone that will give you a chance, like whether it's high school or small college or something like that. And then, you know, 
you know, make get some reps, make some tapes, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm glad that you're still you're still in it and pursuing that that dream. That's a really that was really good advice too. And I, I do, as you said, I also vaguely remember that as well. Um, it's been it's been a what four and a half five years. Uh, yeah, probably then. probably about five. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. I, I I do remember, you know, I was asking you know people who have done it i mean you were you were going through the minor league grind and and all that and you knew people who were doing it in both ways the media relations and the broadcasting job and mm-hmm. that's really good advice if, if anybody is looking you know for that is is to just find any way you can to get uh, if you're younger and your high school maybe even doesn't have a program mm-hmm. make one like my high school didn't and like i wish it would yeah. have because I would have been totally into it. Right. Um, but and I got into it kind of late, you know. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm 26 now, but um, some guys get into it when they're in high school or early mm-hmm. college or you know something like that. So um, uh, in terms of going to Illinois Media School, they had connections to Illinois Tech, who are now the I, I'm the voice of their athletics. Nice. University of Chicago, I've done a ton of stuff for them. Cool. Um, and, and a bunch of other things, uh, along with that. So, uh, it's just getting those reps opportunities. And then I've built on it now with where I'm at when in chill coffee. So it's, um, it's great. That, thank you again for that advice. Oh, sure, man. Any, anything I can do to help, obviously, man. Um, but so what was your favorite moment of us working together in Beloit? Oh man. <laughs> I, I wrote down a couple. All right. Uh, uh, just trying to remember. You know, yeah, it was five years ago, so I <laughs> I understand. Uh, so first thing I, I wrote down that I always laugh when I remember it is you had an ad read as mm-hmm. the PA announcer. Yep. And you'd go, for any foul ball, oh, yeah. you'd go, there's another Jeb Doll out of body, foul ball. And then, and you know, with that little pause, and then one time you did that, right? Because you had to do it so many times oh, during the game. So many times. So you go, another jump to a hobby foul ball. And then you turn to me and you go, I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I've said that, I've said that phrase so many times that, like, at that moment in time, when, when I was saying it almost, every uh, every day um you know sometimes you know 20 plus times a game um i honestly would would dream of you know like that saying like i would wake up i i actually woke up in the middle of the night like saying that phrase one time um so yeah it it was it was Clearly cumbersome. It was haunting you at the time. Yeah, it was cumbersome. That's for sure, man. It was just <laughs> super repetitive. So, okay. Well, I, I, I'm sorry to bring it up. This yeah, no. Memory. No, it's it's totally fine. I mean, I I loved doing the PA announcing and playing the music for for Snappers games. That was probably the favorite part of my job was was doing that. Um, yeah, and the press box banter along with it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we 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 never would have been able to do that stuff like you know, COVID during COVID, like because there was no way we would have been able to um, be six feet apart. <laughs> but we were all crammed in there, whether it was hot or whether it was cold. There's no air conditioning, no heat, whatever. Um, but. Yeah, those were good times. We went through it all. I mean, literally the first game I worked in Beloit where I was learning how to do the pitch tracking system, mm-hmm. it was opening night, and and after five innings, it snowed. Oh, yeah. And, and we had we had to postpone the game. And uh, I remember the Timber Rattlers, we were playing the Timber Rattlers, and a bunch of their players came out. It was the first time many of them had seen snow yep. in their life. Mm-hmm. Like... Like that, like we we saw snow. Obviously, we saw all types of rain, uh, cold weather, extremely hot in the middle of summer. Like, I mean, we we truly had it all. Oh <laughs> yeah, 
Oh yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, the shout out to Drevdal Autobody in Beloit, Wisconsin. <laughs> Um, they definitely, they definitely got their $500 worth for that season. That's for damn sure. Oh my God. It was, uh, no, that was, that was funny though. Specifically that one time, I remember you just like turned and just be like, I hate my life. Yep. Like you were just like, it was such a, like, a, uh, like I've had such a long day in minor league baseball. Like yeah. I just kind of want to go home and take a nap. Yeah. Sort of moment for you. Yep. Um, so that was. That was cool, but yeah, I, I mean, in terms of best, like, best moment, I mean, it's, it's of course, like, the guys in the press box, and just all the stuff we would talk about, baseball or non-baseball, mm-hmm. and, and having fun, and, and, uh, all the people, I mean, I've shouted out a couple of people already, I mean, remember, uh, Goody, uh, oh, yeah, who came back, and he was, uh, you know, he had, he was, uh, he just saw it in the newspaper, and did yep. some official scoring, it was the nicest, nicest man you'll ever meet yep um and and uh and all the guys that were that were there at different times um another one i i I will mention uh was i remember michael soto hitting a 3-1 walk-off home run down down by two with two outs and uh and i believe it was his last professional home run that's probably true (laughs) now that now that i think about it because he was he was playing like once like every series he was yeah. more or less a coach at that time like he yeah. he was older on the roster and you know talking to some coaches like the A's you know thought that they were going to make him into a coach at yeah. at some point so basically he was kind of a a veteran you know like coach trainee i guess i don't know but like he was probably playing once a series and if i recall correctly he was batting in the nine spot <laughs> and that hit, sounds right i what he he hit a walk-off three-run bomb i want to say I, I i didn't look it up to be sure but i'm pretty sure it was a walk-off three-run homer down by two with two outs and i think it was uh, it was there, it was in a double header, so it was either the first or second game of the double. Okay. Uh, I think it was the second one because it ended the night on a good note. He um, murdered that ball, like yeah, he crushed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> he destroyed it, and like literally, he was he was uh, the first base coach, like for all nine innings of oh, like, yeah. every game. He was not playing, like yep. like of course they have players go out there and be the coach once in a while if they have an off day, but like he was there. <laughs> like Constantly. you know every time yeah. and like uh and i i, I believe at, at a certain point he just like went on like the inactive list or whatever you want to call it he, yeah. was, on, he was hurt or whatever yeah uh, you want to call it and, and he was like done after that and i don't think he ever played again yeah so. i think you're right i <laughs> i still follow him on instagram i think really? and um yeah he's he's married now um and nice. lives in the Dominican, um, but but yeah, I mean, he was a super nice guy. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I miss the most as well about working in baseball is just being in the press box with with everybody and just you know the banter that that went on. You know that that's what I live for. Um, so, but yeah, I I really miss that as well. Um, but those were those are some good times, man. Oh man, just the best. Um, I mean, I, I have I have another story, but you have told it on the podcast before. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's the llama story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, which we can't get into all of the details about the llama story, but long story short, since we've already it's already been said on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, one of the craziest games I've ever been, I've ever seen. Boyd's had five airs. They were down by like four or five runs going into the ninth inning, and came back and tied it. But then had a runner thrown out on the base pass, and mm-hmm. they went to extras. Our uh, our beat reporter uh, Josh Flickinger, he he was losing his mind because he wanted the game to end, and yep. it was like, you know. And so that was a whole like that, like the game itself was crazy. 
but the, specifically the llama story, you had an intern who ended up having to get fired, but in the meantime, didn't mm. check out a, uh, a song that was very explicit that somebody had chosen for their walk-up song. Uh, Trace Lair was the batter. Oh, I don't, I, you know what? I think at the time when I told that story, I placed that blame on myself. Um, I don't know if the intern was there still or not, but, um... I remember it as the intern, but it might not have been, maybe, I don't know, it, I mean... I, from what I remember, and, and yes, that intern did get fired, um, <laughs> for many reasons. Um, yes, and, not just that one. <laughs> and trust, and trust me, it is incredibly difficult to get fired as an intern... For the Beloit Snappers, who have a front office of four people at that time, um, you know, we really relied on the interns. And when you get to a point when you say, we'd be better off without this person, with without another body, you know, to pull tarp, to do physical labor, to really do anything, that's when you know um, that person just isn't any good. Um, but yeah, anyway, not for this. <laughs> right. But I, I think I placed the blame on myself because, well, all right. So my friend Emmett, who has been on the podcast, um, before he was the clubhouse manager at the time, I believe. And, and it doesn't, it never ceases to amaze me that guys want to change their walk-up song when the gates are already open. Um, so I used the same laptop to read the script as I did to play the music. So this particular player went to Emmett in the clubhouse before the game and wanted him to ask me to change his song. Um, and I did that and I looked it up on YouTube because it was some song I wasn't going to be able to buy off of like iTunes or anything like that. And I typed in, you know, the name of the song, clean version. It came up as that. I downloaded it, um, and set it up to, you know, 13 seconds or whatever he wanted it, when it wanted it to start. And then I never listened back to it which I normally do under normal circumstances. But considering that I was already reading the pregame reads, I couldn't really do that. And there was already music playing. It's not like I could, I could like unplug the aux cord and play it back. Like, like everybody in the stadium was going to notice. Um, not that there was a ton of people in the stadium because I, I remember that it was a weeknight game and it was like in April, it was very cold. Um, but I st so, anyways, I didn't listen to it, and then. Well, well, here I, I yeah. want to jump in because I yeah. remember it very much. So when we okay. when we first found out, because I mentioned Josh Flickinger, uh, who wrote about the team and and for the newspaper, and that he comes up as he normally did during the game. You know, would say hi to us, talk to us. Uh, he comes in, and he goes, uh, "Hey, hey, Bobby." Uh, did I just hear the F word on your loudspeaker? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That, that, it's, I, I know it's it's not like your biggest moment of glory. Or no, no. And, and trust me, it, it's happened. Talking, talking to other people in minor league baseball with this podcast, I've, I'm not the only person that has made this mistake. So... <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was just... It, and then the game being so wild about Beloit played so bad, but then somehow came back and it was just like, and with this extra subplot going on and, and, uh, uh, it, it was just a whole like funny game in minor league baseball. And, and we probably had like a super small crowd. Like you mentioned, it was a yeah. weeknight game, like cold, like it was, and we were just having, we were just like laughing and, and, and like, scared to death about the whole you know situation it was like it was such a mix of emotions that was I, just uh i'll never forget i think one of the um there was some verse in the song about a llama 
right? Like that was <laughs> yeah. that was the joke about like there was some ghetto yes. rap song that had a verse in it about a llama, and we were just yes, like, okay. Yeah. You're right, you're right. We should mention why it's called the llama story. Yeah, yes, it, right. It had a, a reference to llama, and if you look it up on Urban Dictionary or wherever, yeah. you can find what that means. Um, I think we had to do say. that, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we won't say it here. You can yeah. do that on your free time if you so choose. Yeah, but, uh... yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're part, you're part of a front office now um, in Chillicothe, so, have you gotten to pull some tarp? Uh, uh, no to the tarp. Okay. Uh, but, and so my, my situation is a little unique in that I actually do work for the radio station. Okay, alright. And so, I, I also, I don't run the social media uh, oh, as well. okay. Which I'm fine with. I, I mean, I can do it not my favorite thing right um so uh i have also not done uh a tarp pull all right um, like ever actually Whoa. i've actually been very lucky because even in my beloit days i wasn't in a position that you like you know i was kind of like part-time right like i wasn't totally a part of like the you know, I wasn't sure. part of the front office or anything. So I, I feel very lucky that I've actually, like, well, maybe lucky is the wrong word, but, like, uh, I've never actually done a tarp pull. So I know All I'm right. on the Pulling Tarp podcast, and yeah. I'm somebody who's never pulled tarp, though. So well, I apologize for no, that. No, <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. There are, yes, that's a unique situation, um, but I do know that there are a few other minor league teams that still have that um, arrangement set up. I want to. Yeah. I want to say one of the Braves affiliates has that. That was it. That was in our. Um, that was in the same league that um, Delmarva was in. Um, okay. But but yeah, that's the only other one I know off the top of my head. Um, but. Hey man, that's that's okay. I'm sure you'll get to it at some point. <laughs> yeah, if I if I continue to work in baseball, it's it's a given at, at some point. But uh, right. Uh, in terms of yeah, I, I work for KCHI Radio here in Chillicothe. Okay. And, uh, want to give them uh, you know, quick quick shout out. They're the ones who hired me, and and they've been great here so far. And uh, and I still obviously I work with the team. Uh, you know, they have a small you know group of you know social media person. They got a GM couple other people but um okay. you know, small operation it's a collegiate summer league i should mention right um, right here in uh, the mink league uh so the teams are are in missouri and i and uh, missouri and iowa they used to have teams from kansas okay uh and, and others you know they've dropped teams added teams stuff like that sure um but uh yeah it is a rather unique situation uh to have to be hired by the radio station yeah working with the team but it's it's a good setup here cool cool uh what kind what kind of radio station is it like normally when they're not broadcasting uh mudcats games yeah i don't know exactly what you call it it's um is it like talk radio is it well no it is it's music but it's not top 40 it's um Oh, I don't like, know. It, like, it's, um, it's like a mix of it's like a mix of like a lot of things. So probably like eighties, nineties, two thousands, and today, like that kind, kind of one of those. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I don't know what you call that exactly. Yeah, um, like maybe like an extreme variety or something like that. I don't know, but I, I know, I, like I know what you're talking about. One of one of the stations in my hometown is like that as well, and that's what that's what like their bumpers say is. The music of eighties, nineties, two thousands, and today. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I got that's you. basically what it is. And, and then uh, you know they're they're really good about um, that they're they're local here in, in Chillicothe. That the population's about like nine thousand five hundred. Okay. You know, it's like a small it's like a small town, but they really like this station's been around forever. Um, and uh, they they have you know lo- the, all the high school sports are also on the station, which okay. is important. Cool. Um, and it 
so the station is just very important to the community and so people will tune in right whether it's just to have the music on whether it's to listen to the high school sports or mudcats in the summer it's um and then we have every game we have home and road so okay. that's awesome. not every team including yeah. in my league does that so, right uh that's uh, it's, with the snappers too at that at that time yeah and, yeah i think they do now exactly. but um yeah when when we were both there they definitely didn't so um that's that's awesome man so um what's the most memorable call that you've made in your career so far yeah i mean in my young broadcasting career so far we'll, we'll say it um yeah a couple a couple stand out uh one was a quick one uh mostly just because it's the only time it's happened, uh, I called University of Chicago volleyball in 2019. Oh, and okay. Volleyball ends up, is actually really fun, and I'm excited to do it again. Nice. Uh, but they had a really, really good team. Division three, top five team in the country, in the country for D3 women's volleyball. Cool. And they took down the number one team at home. First time I'd ever called any situation like that where, you know, my team took down the number one team in Nice. You know, ranked in the polls. So, yeah. And then they ended up being, uh, U, uh, U Chicago ended up being number one in the polls at one point. Okay. As well. So that, so that, that's one that stood out. It was just a moment. Um, uh, a couple others. Um, Illinois Tech in a conference tournament game, they played Rockford. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to our mutual friend, Josh Keener. Yeah. Works works for Rockford Athletics and calls uh, a lot of their basketball games yeah. as well. So okay. we, we talk about the two teams because they're in the same conference nice. um, and play each other. So uh, yeah. we actually beat Rock. Uh, I say we Illinois Tech beat Rockford in a conference tournament game that was really fun. Um, and then uh, one other one was just a couple weeks ago uh, in my Mudcats career. Ooh, it uh, it was really cool. And we uh, the Mudcats are down ten to. This is going to sound similar to the um, Beloit story I told uh, okay. just a moment ago, but uh, Mudcats are down 10-4 to 4 going into the 8th, scored 4, made it 10-8 to 8 going into the ninth, uh, and with one out, hit a solo home run to tie it, a towering shot to right field, and then another out was made, so two outs, tie game, comes up, and the right-handed hitter crushes one, a line drive over the left field wall for a walk-off homer, complete the comeback. So we have a game-tying homer in the ninth, and then two batters later, a walk-off home run wow. to win it. And, I mean, just amazing. It's like, I tweeted about it after the game. I was like, this is what, this is why I want to work in sports. It's like yeah. this moment. And, like, even after the game, of just, like, hanging out, uh, eating at a rest, you know, like, we were all eating together as a team, and everyone was just like in such a great mood and talking about the game, but not even necessarily the game. It was just, everyone was a good mood. And, sure. Uh, that was, that was a really special moment. The only regret I have is that I don't have a recording of that game. Oh. So I, that one, that one still is going to eat at me and eat at me for a long time because I don't have a, my laptop wasn't working for that, that night. And okay. I wasn't able to record that game, and so. Does yeah, the radio that, station the have it? <laughs> Does the station have it? No, they didn't. They uh, didn't have it either. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is unfortunate. So that like that would have been amazing to have. Like I would have been re-listening to that, and and you know I don't know if I botched it or if I rose to the occasion, but uh, we'll never know. <laughs> hey, um, I so. and I think I've told this story before, and. And this is no secret to, I mean, to who the story is about because he's he's the first one to point it out. But um, we had, you know, the Shorebirds had a game where a guy hit a walk-off grand slam. And, you know, obviously that's pretty rare. And the our broadcaster at the time was so excited that his voice cracked. Um, and like went into a much like a higher octave and, and of course, you know, that was the call that we made for, you know, promotional videos, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Like, like, you know, things that you're going to, you know, to see 
and hear a lot of different times as far as like you know the plays of the homestand the top plays of the year you know that kind of stuff and yeah his his voice just just cracked um so that's tough yeah it was it was rough but um still i mean it was a good call but um and it's certainly an exciting play but um he he was kicking himself for that one um not that he could really control it but um yeah. you know whatever <laughs> um so you know we talked about you working as an official score um what's the hardest call that you've ever had to make as an official score uh, any hit air call? No. Um, yeah, really. I mean, I, I, so many decisions are are, ter- are, uh, are tough to decide on. Uh, official scoring was my least favorite of all the jobs I had in Beloit because there was not a lot to be gained for it. I mean, obviously, just being up with you guys and 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 whatever was cool, but the actual job, like, it's rough. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. Like even stat stringing, like you're you have to be on top of things and that can be some, there's some pressure to that too. You're working with somebody from MLB and right. MLB advanced media and, and uh, you know, they're on you cause you need every single detail in there correctly mm-hmm. um, for the records. And even that, even then I, I like, that wasn't as tough as official scoring. That one was, uh, I don't have a specific moment. Um, I will say though that, uh, I so I got lucky first of all that I didn't have to bring the um, the decisions down after the game. That, uh, that you were changed. you were in that last year, my last year in Beloit. Then yes, yeah. I was. So my first year in Beloit was your last year in Beloit, and then I had one year in Beloit without you. But um, yeah, so I, I missed that. I uh, I missed having to do that myself. But I was brought down in 2017 so the year you weren't there okay um with beloit so i I believe it was dayton but i don't want to throw blame on whatever midwest league team it was it was somebody from the eastern division okay but they were really big on stolen bases and i believe they tried to literally steal a stolen base uh that happened during the game because it should have been like a wild pitch or like it was in the dirt and the runner went after the pitch had gone i don't know it was it was a really weird play but basically they went about it in a weird way where like i was brought into a room they had like two or three coaches like staring me down as i walked in and like we had uh dennis connerton was in there our, our, our guy in boy oh. <laughs> you know him. yeah and, it's uh it's not ever good when when dennis is down in the clubhouse after the game that's for sure. Yeah, I think we actually had to do it in his office too. They like they oh. brought it. They okay. were like really upset about it, or just really wanted to change and wanted to like yeah. put the pressure on. However, I see it, you know, it could be different from what it actually was. But, right. Um, I was really intimidated to be honest, and like I I ended up changing the call because like it was a really weird situation, and like I just felt like there's a lot of pressure on me, and I was like, whoa, I was not ready for this. Like he's like grown men former professional baseball players like staring me staring like bullets at me and right it was it was a whole weird situation so that that one comes up in terms of when you ask about official scoring like um that's how that job is tough like really tough it (laughs) it really is um we've had one other official score on the podcast and it was josh keener a mutual friend of ours um and you know, if you want to hear a terrible, like, you know, story, like, and and it could have went, you know, either way, but, um, yeah, his story of, like, the most, um, the, like, the hardest call that he's ever had to make as an official scorer was really tough, um, but yeah, I, I never wanted to be an official scorer, I was adamant about that, <laughs> I, I even hated, bringing the box scores, like, down to the clubhouses. Like, I remember I had a manager, again, from the Eastern Division, call me, like, two days afterwards in my office, and, like, you know, he's like, hey, uh, did we get that call changed? And, like, you know, like, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I never... I think there's something with there's something with the Eastern Division Midwest League teams that I think whenever they came to Beloit, they're... 
Eastern Division of the Midwest League had kind of all the newer teams and the newer stadiums and yeah. the better facilities overall. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever they had to come to Beloit, they were already in a bad mood. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I think that didn't help our case either. Yeah, nobody ever really wanted to come to Beloit. Um, yeah, not 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 back where it was now, but right. In the but future, it's, looking up. yep, and that is a great segue into the next question. Are you excited about the Beloit Snappers' new stadium? I'm super pumped. I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't either, and that's why I left. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons why I left. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> but um, also wanted to move back to the East Coast, but... Um, but yeah. yeah, I'd say it's worked out for you. I'd say it's worked out for, plenty fine for you. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm out of baseball now, so you can look at that however you want. But well, um, sure, but, but no, yeah, I, I mean that that Beloit job, as fun as it was, it was also draining. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, so we're both excited about the new stadium. I can't wait to go back. I've had Quint Studer on the podcast. The the man, I mean, now, obviously, it's not a one-man job, but he he was the driving force behind getting a new stadium in Beloit, and um, that has firmly, that that has come to fruition here, so... Um, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, uh, that, I mean, that ballpark looks awesome. I can't wait to visit it. Um, you know, they're saying maybe the end of this year. I'm betting on next year. I, we'll see. I don't really have any inside information on that. Right. But uh, it's, I, I, yeah, for the longest time, you know, when, when we were there or even after when I still was, you know, would visit a few times, you know, in the last couple summers, uh, you know, obviously pre-pandemic, but like, sure. You know, it just it just didn't seem like it was gonna get done, and and it seemed like it kind of stalled out, and and I was already planning on all right, what what what's Bullet gonna be? What league are they gonna be in once yeah. they lose professional affiliation? Like I was to that point in my head, and then when it actually came to came to be, I mean, I'm, you know, I I will always, you know, have a big place in my heart for the Blood Snappers, you know, for, for being like the first place that gave me like a, a job that I loved and like to be around people that I really cared about and, and, and had fun with. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really, really happy for the organization and for the community to have the snappers stay. I, I MLB affiliate, you know, I'm, you know, minor league affiliate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of already alluded to it, but, what does the new stadium mean for Beloit and the surrounding communities? Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope it's kind of the, it keeps that that arrow trending up. Yeah. For for Beloit, you know, because for you know, I grew up uh, like in high school in a suburb of of Madison, Wisconsin, in, in Verona, Wisconsin, and yep. Beloit uh, Beloit Memorial High School was in my um, high school's conference sure. for athletics, so we would travel there and. You know, we'd always we always hear you know bad things about the city, or you know, and, and you know who knows people talk, but like it didn't have a great reputation. Is right, really, what it came down to, and things are changing there, man. It's 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 things are opening up, things are moving along there, and and it's really becoming a a, a great place to, to to start to live, and and I think it's just going to continue that way. With oops, sorry, <laughs> you're good. Headphones out. Uh, it's going to be a great place for for baseball and for the community, um, and I think this is just only going to continue that trend up. Oh yeah, I I agree. And you know, after I've left, you know, I, I've seen you know this business open up and this business open up, and you know this brewery start in Beloit, and you know all that kind of good stuff. And and um, yeah, I'm just super excited. Um, Beloit has you know like the nicest people you could you could really ever imagine um so super excited to to go back and visit once the stadium is done um and and you meet quint in person and and see some some old friends maybe you can make it um sure sure josh keener can make it It, maybe i can see my my buddy dennis connerton there 
Absolutely. We could have a whole reunion. This would be awesome. Yeah. We, we got to make this happen next year. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. It's, it's just, um, I mean, especially for the people who kept Beloit's, uh, the Beloit Snappers afloat, you know, I, I, uh, when, when it was tough, you know, when, yeah. when it was a shoestring budget, when it was, you were working the jobs of what three people oh, should have gosh. and you were one person, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, all these different things that I saw during that time, people going out of their way to, um, to do things and, and still be so nice. You know, we, they, you mentioned how nice people were and how great everyone was around the team. And, uh, you know, I think, um, I think they're heading in the right direction. You mentioned Quint Studer. He, he, uh, has been obviously very involved and in, like, I believe owns the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, they've been doing very, so like you have a guy who knows how to run a successful minor league oh, franchise, yeah. which I think is huge. Right. Uh, and, and you have some resources now. So I see that Boyd has a really good uh, you know, active social media presence, which wasn't always there to, mm-hmm. to no fault of you or anybody. Cause it was, there were so many other jobs to do. You oh can't... yeah. I certainly tried. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I know we, you know, we had our fun, but like now, like they, they can be very active. They can do more things. They can have more promotional. Like I'm already seeing the resources put in. Oh yeah. And this is even before the stadium is even open. So I right. can't imagine like what the, the um the stadium is is gonna be like and how much more they can do once they have the the facility to do it all yeah um that's that's i'm i'm I'm, i can't say enough about it it's it's really cool and uh uh i love the snappers by the way i know you didn't you didn't ask but snappers over whatever the other choices uh, okay all right we're put we're put out there i want to put that i i and if it's not going to be the snappers i am all in on the river rockers Okay. All right. So I, I know uh, we they uh, they've been around. And I've been following their uh, their um, whatever you thought their their Twitter account and, and all their mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, just wanted to put that out there. And we and we've had them on the podcast before and all that. Um, I think I I think <laughs> I'm gonna I think I can get behind supper clubbers. The other options I wasn't really too impressed with. Um, the supper, yeah. the supper clubbers is like, is like just like so regional, um, <laughs> like that nobody would get it, and like that's kind of why I think it would, I think you could actually like make some like cool merchandise and stuff with that, and sure, you know, but sure. um, but yeah, I mean, of course the snappers are are fantastic. That logo has aged tremendously oh since i think it was made in 96 so um yeah but uh yeah love the snappers still but Um, so obviously before games and stuff, you would eat at the concession stands and stuff like that (laughs) in Pullman Field. What is your best, what is your favorite concessions item at Pullman Field? Hands down, the Snappy Burger. You gotta go with the Snappy Burger. I mean, anybody, anybody who's been to Beloit, I mean, that's... That's the choice right there, and then and then I would always get it uh, get, get uh, cheese curds with it. Yeah. So I mean that was uh, amazing. Uh, the first year, the year you were there, they actually had a deal where you could um, the guy in the grill. I wish I could remember his name. He's Chris. Great guy. Chris, Chris Carson. Yeah. yeah. He he said, "Hey, because um, you know, I was getting a snappy burger all the time." He says, uh, "You know, I could I could do a a Polish snappy or an Italian snappy if you'd like." Ooh. So swap out you know the brat for yeah those and uh i started doing that and then that blew my mind even further okay that i mean uh now the next year they they got rid of the the polish and italian sausages so that wasn't an option yeah probably because we uh, didn't sell much of them at all well and yeah yeah, that's fair (laughs) but uh (laughs) but i mean like so it's a snappy burger and then 
a couple of different iterations were amazing right. as well. Um, that's that's hands down the pick, no questions asked. So my my wife is born and raised here in Delaware, and um, whenever I talk about cheese curds, she says that they sound disgusting, and I'm like only only if you knew like cheese curds are amazing. I had no I had no idea what they were before I moved to the Midwest. And I got my foot in the door as the director of food and beverage for the Beloit Snappers. And I remember sitting in my general manager's office at the time and um he's saying like here are the things that you cannot run out of. And he's he said um you know popcorn beer hot dogs brats and cheese curds <laughs> and i said i looked him dead in the eyes and i said what are cheese curds and he's like oh boy we we got a long way to go <laughs> uh, i love that all that stuff is like standard ballpark food you find anywhere yeah but then cheese curds is very that's a very regional thing and, and well brats uh, are a very regional thing as well well like, they're yeah, not yeah, they're not on the east coast like really at all i mean here and there but not at ballparks for sure no you're right you're right you're right but yeah the, the cheese curds especially though that's like something you're just not even gonna find anywhere else like nope. you know except for kind of the midwest specifically wisconsin and and uh and that so yeah that's that's great and like and and to pair that with the snappy burger man like that was the best like yep ballpark food like i i gained a lot of weight those two summers because like i was (laughs) i had so many snappy burgers like it was insane so you're yeah i can only imagine really i mean (laughs) i i gained a lot of weight just living in wisconsin period because if you're not if you're not eating cheese or some some other fried food you're usually drinking your calories um so (laughs) Um, man, yeah, I, I put out a tweet the other day, um, I think it was something that came up in, like, my time hop or whatever, and I, it was a quote that I said, I said, my liver hates that I moved to Wisconsin, and, um, I retweeted that, and I said, yeah, 2013 to 2017 was, was rough for the old, for the old liver, um, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) yep. So, um, so you're traveling around the Mink League now. Um, so what has been your favorite spot to go to so far? Hmm. Uh, man, the, the Mink League is, is different. They got, uh, it's tough to say. Um, I'll, I'll just run, I'll run by a couple of them real quick. Jeff, uh, Jefferson City does not have a press box, so I broadcast down the first baseline on a with a table okay. uh, in front of me. So that's an interesting experience. I'm right in front of uh, the, uh, the away team's on-deck circle. So okay. The guys can hear me. Um, Joplin had a, a nice ballpark. They used to be an independent league yeah. team, and they rebuilt that stadium after their awful tornadoes back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a pretty nice stadium that had a nice press box. Uh, Sedalia is the oldest. Sedalia, Missouri is the oldest wooden ballpark still in use. I learned that oh, um, okay. the other day. And uh, the other interesting thing is I broadcast right behind home plate first row. There's a spot there for, I guess, the road announcers. They usually put them right there. So it was a really unique experience. I, was, I mean, just like right like I said, first row behind home plate broadcasting the game, which is a little different broadcast right. than uh, than usual. Um, like it's it's different from each and every uh, place. So I don't know if I have a favorite yet. Um, I I really I've always been somebody who loves to sit in different parts of a ballpark. Yeah. Like I want to see every different view. I want to see, you know, I want to be on the rail down the first baseline at Pullman Field, and I want to. You know, but I also want to go and check out each and every other place. Right. You know, um, and uh, so I guess I don't have a favorite yet. Maybe I'm a little too early into the okay. the league to, to have a favorite. But I, I really enjoy that I have a different spot 
each and every, every time. Yeah. Um, although sometimes I could use some air conditioning in these sure. places where it gets hot. But. Right, right. Um, <laughs> do you have any favorite concessions items from the road so far? Mm. It's just all standard stuff so okay. far, man. I, it's it's disappointing. I mean, I, of course, the Snappy Burger sets the bar very high. Sure, yeah, I get but, it. But um, yeah, I don't I don't have uh, a boring answer, but yeah, I don't have any specific ones that stand out. We we eat a, going uh, traveling on the road with the team. Uh, I've learned that uh, McDonald's is generally the only place open after games. Yeah, or Taco so we Bell. We eat a lot of McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> McDonald's, Taco Bell. Yeah. Those yeah, those Wendy's. are the We went to Wendy's once. Okay, all right. Well, we shook things up a little bit. Went to Wendy's. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's um it's different, and we uh we generally travel uh back right after the game to these road games. Cause right. Nothing is nothing is more than like three three and a half hours away. Okay. So yeah, we get back late, and then um also talking about the the KCHI radio, I. They do a really good job of keeping track with the team, so they'll have um, game um, recaps and like they talk about the team and how they're doing right. during the day. Okay, and their DJs will talk about them, and then I actually, after every game, record my own and write my own recap, and they post it on the website. Nice. and they play my game recap uh, as well okay. on the radio. Uh, after after every game, like the the next day, and so I think that's really cool. In yeah. Terms of, I mentioned this is like a small town, and they care about this radio station. They listen to this radio station, so then the then the town is more involved right. with the team because they're they're more invested in the team. And I think uh, going back to Beloit, I think the inconsistency with not having a a radio station behind them. Or not consistently broadcasting the games. I think that was something that hurt them, hurt them right. in the past. That I hope they will, um, you know, I think they will uh, improve on here going forward with the new stadium. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, so let's look at some listener questions. Oh yeah. Let's see here. All right. So our friend Dave Gordon asked. <laughs> How great was it for you guys to share a booth with one of the country's best pitch trackers, Dave Gordon? Uh, yes, the, the 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 goat, Dave Gordon. Uh, no, he um, he was so nice to to train me in in the pitch tracking system, um, and uh, we love uh, we love joking around with him. So uh, I I love it. Uh, shout out to him. He's the one who who taught me how to, to do the tracking and he would, he would pop up, you know, all summer long. Um, he'll bring his daughter to the games. Mm -hmm. Uh, he'd pop up the next year when you, when you were gone and, and, uh, it was always great seeing Dave at the ball games. So, uh, yeah, I, I love, I, I wasn't working with him. I mean, it was, it was great. He's, he's very funny, cool guy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Dave's a funny guy, man. Good times. Um, yeah. And the Beloit River Rockers asked, besides a new stadium and new merchandise, what's needed to make baseball in Beloit a long-term success? What did you think was missing when you worked there? Totally. So I I, um, I saw that question on Twitter, too, and I got thinking about it. And actually, one of my answers was something I just was talking about with the broadcasting. I mean, that... Yep. That sounds like a small thing, but if you want to get the community behind you, which it didn't always feel like they were behind the team, just the, there was some sort of a, maybe an apathy, you know, uh, to they're apathetic to the team, you know, whatever. But yep. um, but to have you know the games broadcast and to have you know you have a, a radio station that's talking about it, right? Like it's. It gets people thinking about it more. It gets them more invested in the team. It, you know, it's it reminds them to go out to the ballpark a little bit more. You know, and, yeah. And I think I think that's really important to to have. I mean, there's there's been times when we worked there, and even in the last couple of years, where they just they have very few to if any games on their local radio. And mm -hmm. you know, I've seen it here in Chillicothe, not just local radio, but 
that, um, and you heard about it too, with players' parents oh, yeah. wanting to listen to games. And yep. uh, I get so many players' parents in just a summer collegiate league that I'm sure. are, are listening, that are tuning in to their, our, our online stream, kchi.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're on Twitter, you know, messaging me. They'll they'll see me in person and be like, "We listen to every game." That's awesome. They're like, that is it, it's it's like I said, it sounds like a small thing, but it's it's a little bit bigger than I think I most agree, franchises yeah. care to you know see. And mm-hmm. and uh, I'd say that, and then plus just the resources we kind of touched on it earlier. I think working on a shoestring budget was just not going to help grow the team. Yes. Uh, so, so now that you have some some people who know how to run a successful minor league franchise, like we mentioned with Quint Studer, and having some resources behind it, that you can you can just see that the it'll just kind of it'll grow, I guess, more naturally that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's easy to say like, oh, throw more money at it, but like, I mean. Kinda, you know, right. that's a good base. <laughs> yeah, right. That certainly doesn't doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in terms of like, those are the two big things that I can think of. You know, in, in some in terms of other things, you know, I'm not like, I'm not a big you know person in in terms of knowing how to promote a team or or things like that. So I couldn't really speak on that. But in sort of the things that I've seen or have experienced, those are those are two big ones. Yeah, it's just I, I agree. Yeah, I mean. I certainly tried, you know, <laughs> when I was in Beloit, as far as to get more games on the radio, um, and um, you know, to to have good promotional nights on a small budget, um, and of course it was challenging, um, but I think it I think it made me a better employee as far as the future, you know, went for sure. Um, Absolutely. But, but okay, perfect. And so, Ryan, where can the listeners find you on social media or online? You know, this is you can plug whatever you want as, for this section. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, my handle on Twitter and Instagram is at RC Sports Media. Okay. Um, I wish I could have a better Twitter handle, but my last name is fourteen letters, so that generally doesn't. Uh, work for uh online handles and right <laughs> email and emails and stuff like that but sure uh, uh rc sports media that's simple enough i think yeah <laughs> uh but that's twitter and instagram and then uh you, generally you can find um most anything else i i have a website that you can find um as well uh find that through twitter i, I don't actually know the url for that but yeah uh, the, li- then, the link for uh, it's in your in your bio on twitter yeah, yeah, I'll make sure I have that there. And then, um, other than that, you know, if if you're curious to hear me call games for Chillicothe Mudcats this season, uh, kchi.com, you can listen to it anywhere in the world. I mean, we uh, we literally had a player's parents who live in Croatia now. Wow. They, they gave us a message saying, uh, we'll be listening in to, you know, every game we can, you know. Wow. It's reasonable time-wise and stuff. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Wow. But yeah, that's that's it. I'm I'm super glad we could do this, man. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And um, so you you've listened to a few episodes, I know. Um, So we end with the same question: What has been your favorite walk up or warm up song in your baseball career, and whose was it? It's. Such a good question. There's so many choices. Yeah. Uh, you know, I narrowed it down, and I decided that I really liked, um, out of like 10, I listed on like 10 on Spotify, uh, the song Hello Operator by The White Stripes. Okay. So um, I try, I wanted to pick something that was from the last... You know, 10 20 years and uh i i'd heard somebody have that walk-up song at some point i don't remember even who oh okay um, i gotcha but but uh there's there's so many other ones but that's that's the one i narrowed it down to and i'll, I'll stick i'll stick to that one All but right. uh also one more shout out i've given so many shout outs on yes. this show but uh shout out to your choice 
Return of the Mac. I remember the, the first time you told me that, I looked at you and I was like, all right, sure. Like, I kind of knew the song. Yeah. But I was like, really? And But then it it grew on me right away because you started playing it for anybody who didn't have a walk-up song cho- chosen. Yeah. And, and now I'm just like, if, if this question ever comes up and I like can't think of like my list or whatever, like that'll be the song that I give them. Yeah. Uh, as a great walk-up song. Like it's, it's legit. I actually legitimately like the song now. So. Oh yeah. I, I go on record like all the time and say that it is the best song ever made. Like it was made in 96 and it still is such a bang. It was it was way ahead of its time, obviously. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I remember I played it during a fireworks show in in for the Delmarva Shorebirds, and my GM the next day said like, "Oh, I really like that that new song that you played last night." And you know, this was in like 2018 or 2019, yeah. and I was like. I was like, dude, like, that's not a new song. That song was made in 1996, and he's like, oh, okay, like, I, I, I just assumed that it was a brand new song with the, with the kind of beat that it had and the vocals wow. and stuff like that, and I'm like, nope, nope, it's, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie, so, um, yes. yeah, love that song, but, um, just a reminder that I've made a Spotify playlist with all of our guests' favorite walk-up songs from every episode. I will make sure that I update that um, before this episode is published. Uh, just search for the Pulling Tart Podcast walk-up playlist. Um, and Ryan, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your evening, uh, making sure you are at a spot with Wi-Fi for this um, interview. And I, I know we had to work around some schedules, but I'm glad we got to fit it in. Yeah, yeah, six straight days without baseball in terms of uh, off days and, and rain coming through Missouri. It's been crazy, so uh, I'm glad we could do this and catch up a little bit. So, yeah, man. Thank you, man. For sure, absolutely. Thanks so much, Ryan. Appreciate it. <laughs> Listen to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.